Hey, what's up, guys? It's Jordan Anderson, and welcome to the podcast. On this episode, I've got an interview for you guys. I sat down, well, I didn't sit down, I had a phone interview with Shelby Jolly. Shelby is an Instagram influencer here in the D.C. area. She is a publicist by day, and I guess you could say she's a content creator by night. Uh, I really wanted to pick her brain about what has been going on with the influencer marketing world. Have ad agencies and brands pulled back their marketing campaigns and said, you know, we, you know, it's kind of a weird time for us to be running these ads, or have they continued forward? We dive into that. And of course, we talk about her personal story, how Shelby found herself, what led her to becoming an Instagram influencer. Let's dive into it and hope you guys enjoy. All right, folks, we have Shelby Jolly here on the podcast. Shelby, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. Uh, I guess for the audience, uh, Shelby, in like, I don't know, three to five minutes, if you want to kind of give a short little intro, little bio about yourself, kind of who you are, what you've been up to. and Yeah, sure. So I'm originally from Kentucky, and then I moved to D.C. a little over two years ago. I am a publicist by day and then on the weekends and then any other free time I have. I am a content creator slash blogger whatever you want to call it. Um, and I've been doing that for about a year and a half. Um, I love DC. It was quite an adjustment when I first moved there. I have moved three different times and I've had two different jobs since I've lived there. But overall, I'm very happy and thankful for my experience so far. Well, cool. Well, uh, maybe walk me through a little bit how you kind of got started with your Instagram account um, or maybe you know, I, I know we all kind of categorize ourselves in a different way. Like, <laughs> how do you categorize yourself? Are you influencer? Are you content creator? And and then maybe kind of give us the origin story to how you kind of started your brand. Yeah, of course. So that's why I said content creator slash blogger, because I feel like they go hand in hand. Um, I do have a blog account. It's shelbyjolly.com. And I was writing on that a lot more at first, but then I created an Instagram account. And I feel like that has evolved a little more and I just have a lot more traffic through the Instagram. So that's why I sometimes categorize myself more as like a content creator or digital creator. But what inspired me to start mostly, I've always loved fashion and photography, like most people say. And then once I moved to DC, I had a lot more free time, just not knowing many people and living on my own for the first time. So I met a few different girls that actually had already been blogging for a few years. And I told them how it had always interested me, but I didn't really know where to start. And they kind of gave me their tips. And then I just started posting a lot more frequently. And I took a trip to Italy. It was like my first big trip I'd ever taken. So I wanted to have a space to share my experience and make an itinerary with all the photos. So I first made a Wix account. I'm not sure if you're familiar with that platform, um, but it was just like a free, I didn't pay for the platform or anything. And I made an itinerary, linked it to Pinterest. And I mean, I got a little bit of traffic, but nothing too, too crazy. And then I decided one day I wanted to transfer that over to WordPress. So that was when I actually started to pay for the domain and made it in my name. I went back and forth on if I should make a creative blog account or just keep it my name. Um, 
because at the time I just couldn't really decide on anything. So I just made it my name. And I the first post I ever did was the Italy itinerary. And that's, I guess, what got me started. But the main focus I've always wanted to do was just sharing my affordable fashion. I used to be very into DIYing my clothes. So I would go to Goodwill or a thrift store and find these old vintage jeans and rip them up and bleach them. And for a while, I had a little side business. I called it DC Denim, which it didn't last too long because once I moved to DC and I did not have a car, I found it was harder to get to thrift stores and also find people's sizes and get it shipped in a timely manner. When I lived in Kentucky, I did it a little bit and it was a lot easier to find everything because I had a car and I lived really close to a lot of thrift stores. So I pretty much took the two ideas of photography, fashion, and then just wanting to be able to share things. And I made this platform on the WordPress and I turned my personal Instagram into what is now my blog. I know some people start over and they start fresh, but I didn't want to do that because at the time I didn't really know what it would turn into. And then a couple months later, I actually ended up making a personal account from scratch because I understand, you know, the blogging content is not for everyone. And I even had a few friends from high school and college that didn't quite understand why I was starting to post a bunch of photos of just me and my outfits every day. And they didn't necessarily want to see that. So and I, I totally get it. So that's why I made the personal account to continue sharing family and pictures of my dog and, you know, whatever else. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, that is honestly it in a nutshell. And it has just, I mean, I'm still learning every day and it's not, I'm still have a lot of goals that I want to work towards, but I've been about a year and a half in and taking it day by day. And right now with all the quarantine and everything going on in the world, I feel like I've hit a few bumps in the road and more struggles now being stuck at home. So no, no, I get it. Um, maybe you could talk a little bit about because I always find this point of people sort of like social media careers interesting. Um, that kind of inflection point, like when did you actually start to see traction? Because I think a lot of us, when we create accounts or we want to start a social media brand or start any kind of uh, creative business, that we get started and nothing really happens for a while until something really happens or something, one post that you put up blows up. Like, can you talk a little bit about that when you actually kind of saw like the uptick of your profile? At first, I mean, I was just playing around and taking iPhone photos. I would go around at the time with my roommate and we'd just walk through Georgetown and take photos on our iPhone. And then I met Emily, the Emily edition, who I think you actually did a podcast with a few mm -hmm. months back. Um, and she knows so much about photography. And I'm so thankful she lets me use her camera, which is amazing. So having the more professional looking photos, I feel like is what helped take it off for me. Um, I know some people are very successful and they stick to just the iPhone photos. Um, me personally, I just like having that more crisp edit. And I feel like once I apply a preset, it just looks cleaner and you don't have to worry about the lighting being as perfect as you do with an iPhone. So I bought my own camera, um, 
probably like three or four months into when I was starting to post more frequently. And then I just did a lot of research on Pinterest and started saving inspirational photos to try to be more creative rather than just, you know, stating, I mean, I still struggle with, I feel like I do the same poses over and over and it gets boring, but I would say for me, coming up with creative content and then starting to use a professional camera. And then a big thing that I saw traction on my platform was whenever I started to engage with other people. I know right now, whenever people ask me how to get started, I tell them posting consistently and engaging are like the two biggest things. And they've said back to me, like, I always respond to my own comments. And like, that is their version of engaging but they don't realize you have to constantly be discovering new accounts that are similar to you and commenting on their pages messaging them I mean it's a lot of work and it takes a lot of time but as I started to put an hour in the mornings on the way to work and then an hour at night and just discover new people and comment on their photos I started noticing a lot more traffic and my engagement rate went way up after I started doing that and my followers started slowly increasing. (laughs) Now, I think we've heard, I'll say I've heard that advice before to like give comments, but I think maybe some people might take that the wrong way. In your mind, what does a comment look like? Because I think when people hear that, they go, oh, I just say like, love it or looks good. Like what, what is an actual comment or like what is actual engagement? What should it what should it look like on a, on a different profile or when you're commenting on someone else's profile? Yeah, so I do try to make it more personal. I know sometimes if I'm multitasking and it might just be a couple short words, but I've heard that the Instagram algorithm will not count it as actual engagement unless it's at least four words, which I don't know if that's true or not. So some people that just count or they'll just put like an emoji or something that's not considered an actual comment or engagement according to the Instagram algorithm. So I try to make it more personal or comment something about the photo if they were at a certain location I've been to before or the color of the background, just, you know, make it more personal than just an emoji or saying love it. (laughs) Now we've kind of been playing around, um, I think in the influencer space and and on Instagram, I think a lot of folks have been, uh, I don't know, but this kind of like come up face to face with, you know, sort of the Instagram versus reality. And and you've actually kind of you you said you're kind of in the process of um, when we talked earlier, kind of in the process of putting that in the front forefront of your content of like kind of this is Instagram. This is reality, because I think people get really maybe they get bummed out when they kind of see like everything is so perfect on Instagram and they. And influencers are kind of masking or almost not being as not being genuine when it comes to showing like the real you or what it actually means to be an influencer or what, you know, so kind of maybe you can talk to that a little bit about kind of the Instagram versus the reality and kind of how you take it. So um, I've been thinking about this a lot lately, just with everything going on in the world. Um, I went uh, probably about three weeks once all the quarantine and craziness happened. I wasn't posting at all just because I didn't want to come off insensitive or post the wrong thing or give the wrong message. Like I didn't care about what's going on in the world because that's so not the case. And I actually took a poll on my Instagram to ask if they wanted me to continue posting 
you know, daily outfits or finds tips, et cetera. And majority of the people did say yes, um, just because they're excited to see something positive and normal in life than just the news and everything going on. So I started to continue posting. And now that I've been I've been actually living at my parents' house since everything. I I came here for a wedding originally back in March. So I just packed a weekend's worth of clothes. And then three months later, I'm still here. (laughs) (laughs) But um, I've just, I don't know. I've been thinking more how to connect to my audience and just show the real me. Because, I mean, I've been sitting in my house. I put makeup on maybe once a week, if that. And I'm just chilling in sweatpants most of the time. So I wanted to be able to show, like you said, the Instagram versus reality. And I came up with this idea to, in a carousel behind the photos, because right now I'm also shooting my own content, which is something I'm not used to. And I've had a lot of struggles trying to get the tripod set up right. And I mean, it takes me like three times as long now as it did whenever I was in DC and had someone to help me. So I just wanted to be able to connect with my audience and show them that, you know, I have real struggles, even though these these photos might seem like they're all perfectly posed. Like, here's all the hard work or the bloopers that have gone into making this photo. So I want to be able to tell a story now, like with each photo, either something from from that day or, like I said, a blooper behind the scenes that went into making that photo. And I had presented that idea on my story last week and people were responding saying they love that idea and that I should for sure do it. So I wanted to get a hashtag going that hopefully other people will use on their photos as well. And I had four different take or four different ideas. One that included my last name, which I thought was kind of cute and creative just because it's my last name. But the whole idea is I want other people, I want to encourage other people to use it too. So I'm like, I don't feel like other people are going to use this if it's my last name. So I did the poll and I said, be honest, which one are you most likely to use? And surprisingly, the it's being real jolly. That one is the one that won. And I still wasn't that I was not um, convinced like I loved that one yet. So I had asked for some suggestions and someone gave me a suggestion that I loved the most. So I was like, I'm going to do this poll one more time. I'll take the new suggestion and then the winner of the last poll and it still won like it tripled the other one. So I officially have decided I haven't even announced it yet on my own platform. So this is the first time I'm even saying it, but it's being real jolly. So I'm just going to start using that slowly incorporating it. I mean, I already post like probably 10 to 15 hashtags per photo in the comment section. So that will just be slowly hidden in there and then I'll showcase it on my story and then just hopefully other people will catch on and see what I'm doing. It's just trying to show the real me behind each photo and then we'll see if other people actually start using it or not. Well, I think we're kind of I want, we're kind of circling around this topic of, you know, like we're in quarantine right now. We're recording this in sort of mid-May and things are starting to open back up or maybe they're you know we can see the light at the end of the tunnel um you talk i want to get your take on it because i i don't think there is a the right answer to this scenario but you know you said like uh 
you felt weird about posting things, even even positive things on social media, how can folks, you know, how can folks navigate this? And um, what's been your opinion about what's the right thing to post? When should you post it? Um, and, you know, because I know we're just like, how do we kind of pivot our, um, you can call it our pivot, our marketing strategy so that it kind of matches the time that we're in um, to appear less, you know, to not be insensitive and to not be tone deaf. Like what, what have you seen that's worked and, and kind of what's your, what's your take on it? Yeah. Um, so a lot of the contracts that I had going on with brands, some of them were even six months from January until June. And a lot of those went on pause back in March and they still have not started back up. So I have now been doing trade product collaborations which was what I was doing starting out a year and a half ago. So it feels like I'm kind of taking a step back, but I'm willing to do those right now just to keep creating content. And what's a, tr- what's a trade product? What, what, do you, what do you mean by that? Where they just send you the product and then in trade, you're posting about their product rather than them, I guess, paying you straight out or yeah, I mean, I was doing those for a very long time and then, I had gotten to the point where I had established a relationship with some of these brands after sending them my insights. And then that's when we had that contract in place. So each post they had said they would pay a certain amount, but then with everything going on, a lot of the warehouses have closed. So they're not able to either get the product or they just don't have the budget for it right now. So that's why I'm going back to the trade collaborations. So Right now, I just I feel like everything's so unpredictable, but I am trying to post things that people would actually use at home. So whether it's comfy lounge sets or kitchen supplies or beauty products, I'm not necessarily posting like ads or very expensive products that people wouldn't want to pay for on a regular day, but especially not right now. Maybe I'll ask you this. I'm curious about, you know, from an influence perspective. Uh, you know, with these marketing companies, with these, uh, with all these brands that have in the past have been kind of, you know, you've had these relationships with you, with them, you've had contracts with them. Um, why, I mean, why do you think they've been kind of holding back or, um, or why do you think that their ad budget has been pulled? Cause when I kind of look at it, it's like, you know, the, an influencer is kind of like, you know, I get it. Maybe like a travel influencer would be kind of weird, but I think an influencer would be uh, the perfect marketing channel to continue because if you are worried about interaction or any, you know, it's most influencer deals are kind of remote. Like the the marketing brand or the agency is managing you remotely, and they're sending you the product, and then you go out by yourself and create the content. Um, why do you think? you know, maybe you can just speculate for me. Like, why do you think they've kind of pulled back uh, influencer marketing, but maybe they're still continuing, you know, TV marketing or, you know, or television or commercials? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's, I work with a lot of smaller boutiques that aren't necessarily national brands. So some of the smaller boutiques just, they couldn't afford, maybe they had a store and they're still having to pay the bills and they had to close their doors. So they can't, afford to pay influencers right now and then some of the other bigger brands i think their warehouse is closed so they're not able to actually get the products right now 
But I totally agree with you. Um, and that's kind of the positive note that I'm taking from all of this happening that I read a few studies saying that brands who had never considered influencer marketing in the past or doing digital campaigns, they might transition into doing that now once they're open again and they have their budget back. Because in the grand scheme of things, it is still a cheaper way for them to get advertisement and content if they're not able to afford, like you said, a commercial or a radio spot or a Facebook ad, whatever it was they were doing before. And then it also is work that's able to be done remote. So I know a lot of companies source a photographer that might come in their store and, and shoot all the content, whereas influencers can shoot the content for them and their own space and then email it to them. I have some people that don't even require me to post. They just specifically want the content. And so I don't even edit it or anything because they'll want it to be, you know, on their aesthetic and brand brand colors. So I'll just shoot it and they'll kind of give me an inspo board on the type of colors or backgrounds they're looking for. So that's kind of, I'm just trying to be positive right now and hoping that more brands will start to transition and pivot and see, see it as a cheaper, but still just as great of a way for them to get advertisement. Well, let's flip it now from the ad agency side to the content creator side. Um, You can, you know, of course, talk personally about, you know, your perspective, but I'm curious about, uh, the influencer space as a whole for, you know, cause I can, I can imagine the person who is just about to start their influencer brand, just about to start their Instagram profile to get all this started. And, and then they run into, you know, they run into the situation we're all in now. It's like, should they keep going? Should they, is it fair that they got discouraged and, and stopped building their brand or is now the perfect time to kind of rebuild or, or, build something from nothing yeah that's a tough one because i mean nothing like this has ever happened before um i don't know i mean i feel like some people have have just stopped posting so if you are at home and you have spare time and you're able to get creative with indoor at home photos and you have clothes and products that you want to shoot and share or whatever it is you're wanting to post about i say go for it i mean there's never necessarily like a perfect time but if you have the time on your hands right now and you're trying to stay busy I know it's definitely kept me busy but it is a lot harder to be motivated now because taking these indoor photos I mean it gets boring after a certain time and I miss going around with a friend in DC you have so many more options and right now it's it's hard waking up and thinking about getting dressed up to then sit in your house the rest of the day So I guess my advice is if you have the time and it's always something that you wanted to do, definitely start posting. And then if it's a blog platform, you could always just start writing a bunch of blogs and keep them as drafts. And then when things start opening back again and you feel like the time's more appropriate, you can always publish them then. That way you've already written everything I do need to start writing more blog posts. That was one of my goals and I have not yet, but I do have the time. So it's not really an excuse for me to not write. (laughs) Well, this kind of will lead to my, um, kind of lead to my next question that I had is, uh, you know, kind of about going full time. I'm, you know, I'm always curious because 
I think a lot of influencers that, at least personally, that I've talked with, and and I think you can, um, I think you would fall under that category too, that they have full-time jobs and that they are influencers on the side or that they're, they do kind of influencer deals or content creation on the weekends, for example. Um, you can speak personally or you can speak in general, you know, um, we'll kind of, we can get into the finances or however you want to go about this, but I'm curious, what would it take for someone to go full-time with this, um, to not be a full-time or not to be a part-time job to work Monday through Friday to work, you know, 40, 60, 80 hours a week on this, on this brand that they've created, what would it take for them to go full time and kind of feel comfortable that, uh, they're getting all their needs met and they're able to, you know, pay their rent and and things like Mm -hmm. that. Yeah. I feel like the time right now has made me not want to go full time personally. Um, I just like the idea of going to an office every day, which I know people that are full time remote or with whichever kind of job they have or influencers they'll sometimes go to a coffee shop or the workspaces but even those right now are closed so I just me being at home this full time I've realized that I do like to see people every day and go to work so for me right now I do think I will still have my full-time job and then do the blogging on the side but in order for me to I guess feel comfortable ever considering it I would just want the income to be consistent right now my income with the blog is very inconsistent like it is can be a certain amount one month and then a lot less the next and I for 2020 I started in January last year I didn't really keep track of how much I was making or where the most money was coming from whether it was like a sponsored post or reward style But this year I made an Excel sheet where I was going to be really organized and figure out how much I made each month to then at the end of the year add it up just out of curiosity. But now that's kind of thrown me off because I've only had, I think, two paid collaborations since March. But January and February, I was going pretty strong. And yeah, so might have to (laughs) reevaluate that. But I guess I would just need, you know, steady income for over a year to figure out if it's something I could live off of and feel secure before doing that. I also, with Instagram, if I had a different, I've, I've looked into Pinterest a lot more right now. And then obviously my blog site is like the only website that I own. I mean, I guess technically WordPress owns it, but like any of these platforms could just shut down. So if you're solely relying on income from just Instagram or just Pinterest or just your blog, and then one day it's not there, then I, to me, like, I just would feel like I don't have that much job experience to then try to apply to jobs. I would just feel behind, I guess. So it sounds like you need kind of, for someone looking to go full-time, they kind of want to diversify I guess you could say diversify the revenue streams, have income coming from Instagram ads or I guess Instagram brand deals would be one. Um, what other revenue streams can influencers build or create or um, have kind of what, what's another kind of stream they could have coming in to kind of keep them stable? Yeah. So I know a lot of people are very successful with reward style, which is like to know it. I don't know if you're familiar with that. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. It's basically a platform where you can 
not all websites have this, but most websites do let you link the products. And then if someone uses your link to purchase the product, you get a certain amount of commission from it. And it's a different percentage based on the website. But I mean, I know people that solely rely on that for their income and they're very successful, which I'm not as successful. I've only been on it for about a year. And if you are, if one of your goals is to get on that, I would definitely recommend starting your blog, having your website up, and then also posting fashion-based content pretty often. So I applied to be on reward style as an influencer, maybe only like a month or two after I was starting to kind of post a little bit consistently back when I first started blogging. Um, But I mean, I was still posting like irrelevant things. And I actually got rejected. And you have to wait three months in order for you to apply again. So if if you don't think you're going to get approved, then I would suggest waiting. So once I got rejected, they told me that I need to post more fashion based content and tag brands. And so I started doing that. And then when I applied again, I was accepted right away. But and I know that a lot of they have a like to know at home edition. So if you're into home decor or remodeling, stuff like that, and you're, you're posting a lot about that, it doesn't have to actually just be clothing. It can be any type of product, beauty products, home um, clothes, anything like that. But you just have to have a platform where you're already posting that before they'll approve you. <laughs> um, and then I mentioned the content creation, just the rights to your photos. So not necessarily requiring a post, but they'll just want five to 10 high res photos that they can use. Sometimes they'll pay you for that. Um, Affiliate links, which I'm not as involved with, but that is similar to like to know it. Whereas if they click through your link, you will get a certain commission off of that. And then I don't offer these personally, but I know a lot of people offer services. If I ever started my little denim jean short up, I guess this could be, um, a revenue platform, but some people do courses. So influencer coaching and tips, a Photoshop course, maybe they know a lot about SEO. So they'll offer to do a website audit and you'll pay them a certain fee for that. And a lot of people also sell their Lightroom presets. So if you want your photos to Mm. kind of all match and look the same, a lot of people will sell like a preset pack. Maybe they'll have like a summer pack, a fall pack, depending on the color schemes. And then you can purchase those. Shelby, where can we find your work? Where can we find uh, your profile? Where are you at? Yes. So my Instagram is Shelby.jolly. And then my blog account is just www.shelbyjolly.com. Well, Shelby, thanks for being on the show. I appreciate it. Thank you. It was great talking with you. Okay, episode's over. Before you swipe away, I have two things for you to check out. Okay, maybe three, but just kind of stick with me. Number one is my daily email for photographers. Each day I'm sending out short, actionable lessons on how to improve the business side of your photography business. You'll learn about marketing, strategy, pricing your work, and so much more. Sign up for the first five lessons on jordanpanderson.com. It's my name with .com. It's, it's pretty easy to remember. Number two, and this is a big one, I'm offering one-on-one coaching for photographers who are looking to accelerate their business, get consistent leads, and build a brand they're proud of. Schedule a time to chat at jordanpanderson.com slash coaching.
Last is number three. It's this podcast. I'm not asking you to subscribe or go leave a review on Apple Podcasts. That's a little bit, it's a little bit overdone. But I am asking you to go back, find an episode that resonates with you, download it, and give it a listen. My name is Jordan P. Anderson. I help photographers who hate marketing, and I'll see you on the next episode.